Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Sportsman, sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday, I guess. It is a victory Monday, only if you're a hot take national sports show because the NFC East is now the best division in football. The Giants and the Cowboys are 4-1. and one. The Jets might have turned a corner. This is the stuff the national media lives for. Have we checked on those Baker guys? Mayfield still sucks. <laughs> this is the stuff the national media lives for. Locally, it is not a victory Monday for the Cardinals, nor is it a victory Monday for Jared Carlin, who, oh, uh, who yeah. uh, couldn't even get through three bratwurst in his Here. debut as a competitive eater. It was the three-minute time limit that got me. Ah. It, it, it just wasn't enough time to get any momentum going, especially the buns. See, they weren't fresh off the grill bratwurst, obviously, because they had to make a whole bunch for everybody. So they weren't hot and fresh. The bun was already getting stale and stuff. So once you stick that, like, the bun in your mouth, it's hard to chew. I have a small you mouth anyway. You on the quality of the bratwurst? Yeah, it wasn't to his liking. Looking at yeah. gift bratwurst wow. in the mouth. <laughs> also, here's the other thing. So here's, this? here's two quick stories from that. So I walk in. I'm a cele- you know celebrity. Yeah, celebrity brought sure. my first celebrity thing ever. Except I think it was in a the softball game once. But celebrity. All right. So I'm a big shot here. Then I start meeting the other celebrities, and I'm like, okay, I see what level of celebrity that they are. <laughs> then they introduce me. I'm the first one they introduce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen from 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, the Bickley and Murata Show. Garrett Carlin. No! Shut, up, Garrett. Shut up, Garrett. Shut up, Barrett. That's great. Eat bratwurst, Garrett. <laughs> and then here's the other. Do better, Garrett. So then here's the other thing. The guy sitting next to me was another guy from another radio station. I didn't know who he was. He was doing a bit the whole time. Oh boy. So the the the, the you know the gun goes off to start it, and he takes the hot dog or the bratwurst, and he starts putting mustard on it. Then he starts putting ketchup on it, and he's looking at it, and he's like tasting it, and he's going like that, like he's doing the whole bit. And the guy is another guy from the radio station is like filming him. So I had no context next to me on the pace of how I needed to go oh, here. Oh, I see. It's everyone's fault except for yours. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anywhere no. we can see this bit in its entirety, I want to see how it came out. I can't remember who the guy was. So. <laughs> Sounds right. really funny, but it was. But it was <laughs> not a victory Monday because one of your hallmark bits you might have lifted from the Seinfeld show. I saw that happen no, over no. the weekend. I know, I, I saw that also, but it's just it's not a bit. <laughs> it's just that I guess it's uh-huh. it's sort of verification that. People call it a hand fruit. George Costanza during okay. a, an episode of Seinfeld had the line. I guess the tomato never really took off as a hand fruit. And I, as soon as my friend pointed this out to me and sent me the clip, I was like, I remember that episode. Wow, now. I had no idea. Yeah. There was nothing, I thought that was 100% original. There was no... There was no reaction from Jerry or Kramer saying, what a ridiculous thing to say, hand fruit. I've never heard such a thing. It's only a 22-minute show, Jerry. That's right. That's right. All right, we've got a lot of football to get to. Start the show, Garrett. 
The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Garrett Charlin. (laughs) (laughs) We start the Splash with the Arizona Cardinals. Entered week five trying to figure out how to get off to a better first quarter start on offense and how to win a game at home. Well, after a 20-17 to loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, they are still trying to solve both of those issues. Philadelphia jumped out to a 14-0 lead early in the second quarter, forcing the Cardinals to play catch-up once again, and they did, actually tying the game at 17-all with 9.43 to go in the game on Eno Benjamin's 11-yard touchdown run. The Eagles then embarked on an epic 17-play, 70-yard drive that took almost eight minutes off the clock and got a 23-yard field goal from Cameron Dicker for a 20-17 to lead. No timeouts remaining. Kyler Murray drives the Cardinals to the Eagles' 25-yard line. But replacement kicker Matt Amendola missed from 43 yards wide right. The Eagles hung on for the win. Cardinals have lost eight straight home games dating back to last season. That is the longest home losing streak for this franchise since 1958. That was two cities ago. Yeah. Now they're on the road Sunday in Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Yeah, a tough game to process. Kyler Murray certainly f- thought so. There was a lot of post-game weirdness uh, that we're going to try to yeah. weave into our analysis of, of what we all witnessed yesterday and how big of a deal was it for the football team to kind of butcher that ending? We're going to get into all of it. Yeah, speaking of Seattle, the Seahawks lost on the road at New Orleans 39-32. The Rams got shut down by the Cowboys 22-10 in L.A. And the only NFC West team to win on Sunday was the 49ers who beat up on Carolina 37-15. So it's San Francisco all alone atop the division at 3-2. and two. Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks all at 2-3. and three. And I know it's only five weeks of 17, Bick. This division has been a major, major disappointment oh, to this point. Yeah, listen, just like the AFC. West has as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I cannot believe that the NFC East has three teams. Uh, what? The Giants and the Cowboys are 4-1, and one and the Eagles are 5-0. and oh. yeah. And the Who Commanders are in the Division 2. Who saw that coming? <laughs> and the Commanders got a new name and new uniforms. Uh, week 5 of the NFL schedule wraps up in Kansas City tonight. The 3-1 and one Chiefs hosting the 1-3 and three Las Vegas Raiders at Arrowhead. Kickoff is at 5-15 Arizona time. You can see that on ESPN. The divisional series are set in Major League Baseball. And how about it? Three of the four road teams in the new wild card format advanced. San Diego Padres became the third team last night by beating the New York Mets 6-0 at City Field in Game 3. Joe Musgrove threw seven shutout innings, giving up just one hit. Padres prevailed two games to one. How about that? Elimination game on your home field, you get one hit. How about the disgrace that Buck Showalter made of that game by having Joe Musgrove examine the way he did? I had Claiming seen... that something was going on. Okay, Mr. Conspiracy Theory. Before that, though, because that happened in the sixth inning and Musgrove was just mowing him down. Yeah. I had seen people on Twitter saying, does anybody else see what is going on with Joe Musgrove's ear? There was something weird about his ear, and apparently it trickled into the Mets' dugout. The, it was uh, a last-ditch attempt. There but. was an amazing thread attached to this whole thing. Brandon McCarthy flat-out accused Joe Musgrove of, of cheating. Andrew McCutcheon chimed in that player, pitchers in Major League Baseball now use Red Hot on the backs of their ears to get them tingly and burning so they stay focused. And I'm thinking, what is the matter with this sport? What? 
seriously. Brandon McCarthy then came out and said, yeah, I'm here and everybody now they've got something that'll get the substance off them before the ump checks them. <laughs> Can we stop cheating? No. My nose a little. But that's it's this that's not new. Unbelievable. That's from the like beginning of time is like cheating in that way. Yeah. Little jalapeno in my nose. Whoa. <laughs> that's from Major League. Um, the uh, Padres will move on to face the Dodgers in one NL series starting on Tuesday. The other will pit the defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves against the Philadelphia Phillies. Kind of an east-west separation there. Uh, in the American League, it is the Seattle Mariners who staged an unbelievable comeback in Game 2 on Saturday to beat Toronto, facing the Houston Astros and the Cleveland Guardians taking on the New York Yankees. Yeah. Uh, how about the Phillies taking out the Cardinals the way they did? How about the Mariners taking taking out the Blue Jays the way they did. Road teams not exactly intimidated by this best-of-three format. No, three of the four, again, winners. And, and how about, uh, sorry to say, what happened to Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah. 0 for 7 in the series with four strikeouts. And now on the West Coast, we've got a Padres-Dodgers series, and the Dodgers have won 23 of the last 28 games against the Padres. How about Yeesh. that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suns back on the hardwood tonight in Denver. They continue their preseason schedule against the Nuggets. They will not have Cam Johnson or Cameron Payne. Both players suffering <clears throat> excuse me, finger injuries in last week's preseason win over the Lakers. They also won't have Dario Saric or Landry Shamit. Tonight's game gets underway at 530. You can hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <clears throat> And apparently winning close games against conference opponents is not good enough for the AP college football voters. Alabama beat Texas A&M, who beat them last year, 24-20 yeah. to 20 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They fall from first to third in the rankings because of a four-point victory. But, but they shouldn't. Uh, the fact that they even passed Georgia last week was stupid. Well, Georgia lost their ranking because they narrowly beat Missouri well, in a saying. game. They're, if, they're if, conference if, opponents. Yeah, that's, it's ridiculous. You're not supposed to fall if you win. Unless you're really, really bad. Yo, Ohio yeah, State came up to number two. Clemson jumped Michigan into fourth. Right. And like the Wolverines like fell matters. to fifth. Yeah. It's none of, four teams none of those teams right. are losing. It it's just matter. a different order every right. week. Right. USC moved down a spot to seventh. UCLA jumped to 11th after their win over Utah, who fell to uh, 20th. Oregon is 12th after its big win over Arizona and Tucson. And Washington Chip fell Kelly. out of the... Chip Kelly, relevant again. Yeah, they got a good team. Uh, Washington fell out of the ranks. Rankings after being upset by ASU on Saturday. How about that game for the Sun Devils on Saturday? Yeah. Do we have a quarterback competition? I th- Controversy. I what do we got? I think we might. I don't know. I think we should. Ooh. There you okay. go. There is your splash for uh, Monday, October 10th, coming up. Cardinals can't solve those uh, mysteries that have eluded them. Fast starts? Nope. Home wins? Nope. 0 for 2. We'll get into all of it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings on this big red Monday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Here we go! Quick! Big red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Yeah, I think a team like this, the margin for error when you're playing a team like that that's playing at a high level is, is very small. Um... They're good in, in every phase, and, and uh, it's a very talented roster. I thought Jalen did a great job. Once again, decision-making uh, didn't turn the ball over, and um, they got playmakers all over the field. It's Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Cardinals, yesterday after a 20-17 to loss. He is right about that. 
when you play a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, whom I apparently ruffled some of your Philly friends' uh, feathers by saying they were beatable uh, late last week. They were yeah, beatable well, yesterday. Yeah. And the Cardinals did not have their operation very clean on what could have been a game-winning or game-tying drive, and that's what cost them in a three-point loss. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. There's a. I think it's uh, it's a lot of things. I, I think that the Eagles are a good team. I, I don't think they're a great team. I think the Cardinals' defense played well yesterday. I, I think it's it's a difficult difficult game to process because it felt like progress, but it's hard to say that when you've lost eight consecutive games yes. at home and you continue to come out and not play well in the first quarter. Yeah, that was the thing again, as the Eagles score on their first possession, they take a 14 nothing lead, and you're thinking, up oh, here we go again, and the Cardinals, to their credit, got to within four before the end of the first half, actually tied it with 9.43 to go, um, and yeah, the defense, it, it, it's so strange to see what's happening on both sides of the ball early in the game. The defense, I think, came around much better than the offense did. Outside of that 17-play drive that led to the, the, the eventual game-winning field goal, they couldn't get off the field there. But it's not like the defense is starting fast, too. It, it, it's almost like there's a team-wide malaise right after yeah. kickoff that lasts about 20 minutes every week. And the Cardinals are always trying to play catch-up. It is, I mean, four out of five games, mm-hmm. they've trailed by ten or more points I know. In, in the first half yeah. of games. And it's it's a recurring nightmare that this football team can't get out of. Yesterday on their first possession, two plays to start the drive worked. They had the first down, and then boom, it all bogged down again. Mm-hmm. And they're allowing teams to take early commands of these games. I, I think at one point in time, this game, like many of them, have been on the verge of a blowout. And... I think at 14 zip in the second quarter, that's what we were looking at, a potential blowout. And and that's when the Cardinals defense really kind of kind of stood firm and, and kind of played at a level that allowed the game to kind of creep closer together. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, and, and then again, you, you talk about processing difficulties. Uh, as soon as the Cardinals tied this thing up and you're thinking, okay, this is interesting, Philadelphia just ran the ball right down their face. They did. Right they did. down their face. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they, they settled for a field goal because they were playing the clock. And yet the Cardinals, to their credit, came down and, and made things very interesting at the end. So again, I think overall, you could make an argument, this might have been the best game they played. Even though they did not win it, even though they're two and three right now, this might be their best game from start to finish, given the quality of opponent. I don't know if that's true or not. I just know that it. I I had a hard time kind of figuring. How do you feel about this thing? Because eight consecutive home losses is is really is really embarrassing to be oh, honest. It's when you go back to the fifties. Yeah, to find a streak that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the home thing is is unbelievable. And yesterday was different, too, Bick, because there was so many Philadelphia fans, oh, yeah. as you projected, as we all expected. Yeah, this is, a, this is a thing with the crowd yesterday where as it started to file in, it, it was like, okay, how, how bad is this home home field disadvantage this week? And then there were fans who took videos of their surroundings. Down low, it was really dominated by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the really good seats where you could influence the game with your lungs and your voice, uh, they were right on top of it. In fact, the Cardinals were going to silent counts early in that game, and they had to do it again late. And that—that's the ultimate indignity. 
when you have to go to a silent count on offense in your own building. It's a testament to the fan base that you're playing against that traveled and filled your seats. And it happens at other places. I mean... It happens in the Super Bowl champions' home. The, the Rams yeah. deal with that. The Cowboys, surprisingly, deal with that from time to time, depending on the opponent that they have. Not an excuse, but Zach Ertz, uh, not exactly happy about all the home losses. I think we had a spell like this one year uh, in my former life. But, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, we're beating good teams on the road. We're losing to not great teams at home. Um, you could pinpoint it. I wish you could pinpoint it that. We're just playing a bunch of really good football teams at home, and we're narrowly losing. Um, but we just got to find a way to win. I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't know what it is, um, but I know everyone's eager to win a football game here. Um, I think our next one's in 10 days or whatever it is, but um, we got a big one this coming Sunday first. Going back to your point through five weeks, I think that probably was the best the Cardinals have played. Uh-huh. But what does that say so far about what we've seen through five weeks of the season? Because they've not played anything resembling no. a full 60 minutes of football no. in any one of those And it's teams. not like their offense looked so great yesterday. It didn't. I mean, their defense played well for most of the game. But even during their comeback, it was still mostly the dink and dunk passes and the weird play calls behind the line of scrimmage yeah. and stuff. They had two plays and more than 20 yards again yesterday. Yeah, it was, it, again, it's 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 really going to be a matter of what this football team does with this game going forward and if, if indeed this represented progress or growth because, you know, what happened at the end of the game, there's a lot of tension and a lot of weirdness. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that is the story. We haven't gotten to it yet, but the big story of the game was exactly what happened at the end. And and how the Cardinals managed that end game situation, and did they settle for a field goal when when they had every reason to believe the kicker they were trotting out there was pretty sus, if you will, right? I mean, the stats say that. that. The fact that he was unemployed before last Tuesday says that. Yep. The fact that he missed that exact field goal the exact same way three straight times in warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah, that, that montage that they had ready to go on Fox before that kick was very telling. That you see Matt Amendola kick from that left hash mm-hmm. from about that distance, and you see the same trajectory in all three. Straight, and then a, a, a real sudden veer to the right. Yeah, a lot of golfers know that know that feeling yes. exactly. Cannot yes. hit a ball straight for their lives, and it just tails. And that's... That to me is is one of the another stories. Didn't the Cardinals bring in four guys? They did four guys. Uh, I'm curious how bad were the other three. Well, and, and a- what, Amendola already was signed and cut by a different team this year, right? right? But he the was Chiefs. signed and then cut because he missed kicks. But Harrison Butker came back. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo Blankenship was the starter in Indianapolis and got cut for missing kicks. Well, and the other two guys had very little experience. Matt Amendola lost his job because he cost the Chiefs a game. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 that severe. He lost the Chiefs. He's lost two games for two NFL teams. Oh, wait a minute! I heard it doesn't come down to one guy. Stop! Where did I hear this? Did the other guys, two were Jose Borregales and Jonathan Gurlbay. Did you guys hear this? Doesn't it come down to one yeah, guy? Yeah, I did hear this. Yes, I did hear this. <laughs> well, we'll get into that, too. <laughs> On that particular play, there is multiple people to blame. So he is the one that missed the kick, though. Yes. There's, oh, there's, look, like any loss, there's plenty of blame. It's a team win. It's a team loss. But 
it's just punctuated yeah. by a situation like that, especially when that last drive was, yeah. you know, in many people's eyes, mishandled the way that it was. Yeah, and so I think there's there's a weird mixture from what I've been able to tell among Cardinal fans in the wake of this game. There's this there's this feeling of 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 pride and satisfaction with the way the defense is standing up and their competitive spirit, and, and yet there's you know there's a lot of angst over this offense and this head coach and this quarterback. A lot of people are angry at Kyler Murray for not getting a first down, for sliding short of the line. A lot of people are screaming, Josh Allen wouldn't do that. Joe Burrow wouldn't do that. They're right. His spatial awareness, and we'll get into this more, but he goes out of bounds you know, a half a yard before before the thing all the time. He slides a yard before. This is not the first time he's done that. No, it's not. And and I think what's interesting to me, too, is is when you begin to, and the word process keeps coming up because it's a word Kyler Murray used. Kyler Murray was still in his uniform an hour after the game. Well, did Which, you see how he walked I, into Exactly. That's, what I, that's actually what I was thinking. You don't want to put thinking. on that green suit coming to the podium after a loss. Russ Sorry. Wilson made that no. mistake in week one, yeah. wasn't it? And then th- that's that was weird in and of itself. If you're playing the Eagles and you're worried about the stadium being full of green, why would you wear green to yeah, the I thought stadium? That, that was weird, too. It's like Him a troll Hollywood job, maybe? I, right. But it wasn't Eagle green. It was just... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a stylist. So the best description I heard uh, said uh, who, uh, it, it looked like Kyler Murray was wearing who Hulu has live sports. <laughs> yeah, it was like a lot of people said it was if Hillary Clinton worked at Hulu. <laughs> you know, we're just getting started on this big red Monday. We'll relive the action. What transpired at State Farm Stadium yesterday through highlights from Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley. Big red reacts is next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata mornings. Big red reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. Yeah, the Cardinals will get first crack at things offensively, and the burning question at State Farm Stadium was, would they finally put something together? The resounding answer was no. They did get a first down, but it ended up punting on their first possession. Eagles would take over at their own 36-yard line, and Jalen Hurts started to look for A.J. Brown early. Three catches, 32 yards on the opening drive for A.J. Brown, uh, including one that set up a fourth and one at the Cardinals' three-yard line. Eagles opted to go for it. When you have Jalen Hurts, you'll do that. He snuck it for two yards. First and goal, very next play on first and goal. Hurts called his own number again. Now you got three men in the backfield. Snap to Hurts. Another quarterback sneak. They push him forward into the end zone for the touchdown. They lined up three men behind Jalen Hurts. The closest to Hurts just shoved him forward into the end zone for the Philly touchdown. That was tight end Dallas Goddard, who should get an assist if there is such a thing on that. But the Eagles draw first blood 6-0. Cameron Dicker's extra point made it 7-0. Cardinals, they come back uh, on offense. First play of the the new possession from the 25-yard line. Kyler Murray with a rare deep ball. And it didn't go well. Hurts in motion left to right. Snap to Murray. Fakes the handoff. Drops back to throw. From the pocket. Throws a deep ball. Taking a shot. It's underthrown and picked off. 
at the 35-yard line by Gardner-Johnson. Gets up and runs to the left and is up to midfield before he's tackled. Yeah, that was one of those plays, Bick, where I think, you know, if, if people reacted like I did, I was like, cool, early deep shot. Yeah. Uh-oh, he's throwing it into double coverage. It a little forced. And didn't yeah, throw it well. Yeah, it was well. a little forced. He underthrew it, and, and there was a guy just kind of playing center field. So I like the thought, uh, the execution left a lot yep. desired. The Eagles would take over at their own 35-yard line. They would do nothing, so the interception led to no damage. Three and out for the Eagles. Cardinals took over, moved the ball a little bit on their second possession, but ended punting it back. And the Eagles, their next possession would take us into the second quarter. Another long, sustained drive that got deep into Cardinals territory and had the same exact ending as their first possession. And now they got Hurts under center with Goddard right behind him. He takes the snap. Quarterback sneak to the left, being pushed by Goddard, and into the end zone for the touchdown. They just had two men that time lined up behind Jalen Hurts. But again, the up man, the closest to Jalen Hurts. His job is just to push Hurts forward. Goddard did that. It was enough for Hurts to get his second touchdown, 13-0. That drive, Bick, 16 plays, 87 yards, mm-hmm. 720 off the clock. That's that's one of those ones that can really demoralize you if you if you let it. So it's 14-0 at that point. Cardinals answer with another three and out of their own. And you're thinking, uh-oh, this might get ugly quick. Uh, on uh, Philadelphia's next possession, it looked like Hurts had thrown an interception to Jalen Thompson. Replay showed that he couldn't corral it. Uh, but the Eagles did nothing on their next drive, punted back to the Cardinals. Finally, the Cardinals' offense would wake up. 14-yard pass from uh, Kyler Murray to Hollywood Brown on a 2nd and 12 from the 46. Later on, facing a 3rd and 3 from the Eagles, 25. We got our first highlight of the game. Takes the snap, 3-step drop, looks over the middle, throws, and it's caught by Brown. First down, makes a man miss at the 15, cuts right to the 10, and Brown is into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. That was just a ridiculous individual effort by Brown. Yeah. Made like three guys miss, uh, and good to see him uh, in you know in close quarters like that, which is how they've opted to use him most of the time. Be able to show some escapability he, uh, there. They, that whole drive was Hollywood Brown. He he went up high to get in a, a pass that looked like it was going to be errant, and that was a big third down conversion that led up to, led to those heroics. That was a that drive was good stuff from Hollywood Brown. Yep. Uh, so the extra point from Amendola was good, fourteen seven at that point. Eagles would get a first down, but they would end up. Hunting once again. Cardinals take over with plenty of time left. 322 before halftime. They take over at their own seven yard line. At first down and 10 from their own 22 yard line. They finally got a pass from Kyler Murray to Hollywood Brown, a crossing pattern where he was on the move. The pass was on the money, and Brown dropped it. We might have been playing a 78-yard touchdown had that not been the case. Mm -hmm. And it's a fake, a direct snap to Darrell Williams running right, and he gets... Sorry, that was a little premature. I hit the space bar. (laughs) Well, they uh, did line up for a punt in a uh, punt scenario, did the Cardinals. Fourth and four from their own 28, and they got gutsy on special teams. And it's a fake, a direct snap to Darrell Williams running right, and he gets the first down to the 35-yard line. How about that? A fake punt inside your own 30. Darrell Williams gets the first down, and the Cardinals back on offense. 
with a minute 48 to go, trailing 14-7, to and they have all their timeouts. I'll would... say this. I'll say this because there's going to be some incoming criticism from me on Cliff Kingsbury for what happened at the end of the game. He he has shown the knack over his career to dial up fake punts at the right time. He's he's. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I just know it from watching these games. It, there have been a lot of successful fake punts on his tenure. So there you go. Yeah, there there is that. That would extend the drive, and it was a long drive, but it ended up in a field goal attempt from Matt Amendola, 20 yards. 16 plays, 91 yards. 14-10 Philadelphia at the break. The Eagles would come out first possession of the third quarter. They went on another long drive, 10 plays, 51 yards. Dicker had a 42-yard field goal to make it 17-10 at that point. Uh, The Cardinals' next possession was weird. It was a nine-play, quote-unquote, drive pick that took five minutes and 22 seconds off the clock. They got 11 yards on it. Yeah, that was kind of bizarre. <laughs> and had to punt. Yeah. And that led to another long possession by the Eagles that went nowhere, stalled near midfield. Uh, and that would take us into the fourth quarter. Uh, Cardinals on a sustained drive. Lots of no huddle. Lots of shotgun. Uh, Eno Benjamin called on because of injuries to James Conner and Darrell Williams at this point. Well, the former Sun Devil delivered. Brown motions behind Murray left to right. And it's a handoff left side. Benjamin with room at the five. And Benjamin's in. Touchdown Cardinals. Eno Benjamin getting it done. And a point after away from tying the game with 9.43 to go. That was the best drive of the season in my opinion. Kyler Murray was running the ball with abandon. They threw the ball to Rondale Moore downfield. Can you believe Leave that. A.J. Green caught the football. It was the best drive of the season to it tie was. the game. And they are tied 9.43 to go, and you're thinking, all right, just one play from the defense. Just get off the field, and the Cardinals might have a real chance to win this. They couldn't do it. 17 plays, 70-yard drive, almost eight minutes off the clock. It ended like this. 23-yard try to give Philly the lead. Snap is good. So is the spot. The kick is up, and it's perfect. The Eagles take a 20-17 to lead with a minute 45 to go. Yep, the Cardinals would take over with a minute 45 to go from their own 25. Murray would uh, run up the middle, design run, 15 yards. A couple plays later, after a false start on Kelvin Beecham, he missed a wide-open Zach Ertz running toward the sideline. Would have been about a 30-yard pickup. Uh, then things got real weird when they got into Eagles territory. No timeouts left. After uh, a, a second down pass to Marquise Brown for eight yards to pick up a first down, Kyler Murray spikes the ball. 37 seconds to go. On second down from the 34-yard line, he decides to run, and this is what it sounds like. Murray and shotgun takes the snap, and it's a quarterback draw up the middle. At the 30, at the 25, and Murray slides to the 24. Now you get up, get up there and spike it. 23 seconds left. Murray under center spikes it with 22 seconds left. Well done by Kyler Murray. So now you're looking at a 43-yard field goal, 22 seconds left, and they're going to bring on the kicking team right now. Wow. I think in case there's like a bad snap. Well, they okay, yeah, because of fourth down. Oh, it is fourth down. Sorry, fourth yes. and one. You're right. My bad. Fourth and one. Boy, going back to that, you wish Kyler Murray may not have actually slid on that. Right. He would have gotten the first right? down. Yes. Or slide later another yeah. yard. Totally. I think at that point in time, man, you got to move the sticks. Or get up there and don't spike it on third and one, run a play, get the first down, waste seven seconds, then get up there and spike it. Look, 
Dave Pash was confused on it. I was confused watching it too mm-hmm. when Kyler Murray spiked the ball and I I looked up and I saw fourth down. I'm like, what what just happened? I yeah. just had assumed from my vantage point that he was well the past the sticks. Marked, yeah, exactly. And that was an assumption that kind of sunk the Cardinals. It did because and and once they moved the ball back, they made the decision at that point in time to not insert a play. And this is the folly of it all. Yes. For for Cliff Kingsbury to not have a quick out wide receiver out in the back pocket. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we'll, it's we'll ridiculous. Get, we'll get into that next, but uh, they did have a chance to tie it with Matt Amendola. Snap. Ball down. The kick is up, and it's no good. He missed it. Wide to the right. It remains 20-17 to 17 Philadelphia. That never had a chance from Amendola. Eagles are going to win. Yeah, victory uh, formation for one snap. Eagles win. They go to 5-0. and Cardinals fall to 2-3. and And coming up next, we will dissect that endgame situation and how wrong it went for the Cardinals when it was all said and done. That's next on this Big Red Monday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. A little bit short, so he... You spike it, now you, you have, have to, to kick. Well, I don't know why you uh, spike uh, in, in that situation. And he needed to be more aware. If you're going to slide, you've got to get the first down in that yeah, you situation. Have, you have to get the slide, but you, yes, you absolutely have to understand that if you don't get the first down there, you can't spike it because it does force you to kick. But he could have run forward another half yard to get the first down, and that's costly. So you have no choice but to leave it up to Matt Amendola. This will be about a 43. We'll check that 43-yard spot here. So the attempt to tie with 22 seconds remaining. After a play, um, everybody's screaming clock, you know, in my ear. So assuming, yeah, I had the first down. Yeah, that was uh, Chris Myers and Robert Smith on uh, Fox calling that action. And uh, Kyler Murray, lots of talk in the postgame press conference with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz, everybody who spoke to the media was talking about that play. There's a lot to break down on that possession and and the way it happened. And I like the way you kind of set it up. You gave Cliff Kingsbury credit for going for a crucial fake punt. Yeah. That kind of stemmed the tide a little bit and turned momentum just a little bit. Um, I had fans on Twitter wanting to attack Cliff Kingsbury for the way he attacked the timeouts when the Cardinals were still on defense. I thought they did it masterfully. The Philadelphia Eagles actually did the Cardinals a favor by throwing the ball on third down. It just stinks that Jalen Thompson got the wind knocked out of him and they had to burn that last time out. But that was the last thing that the Cardinals did right, I think. Yeah, so let's get down to the play that that everyone's talking about. And that is the decision after Kyler Murray slid short of the first down. What exactly happened to this football team? Kyler Murray got up and there's varying reports that the scoreboard operator in the stadium assumed it was a first down and, and, and updated the graphic on the scoreboard. In fact, the voice... Of Philadelphia radio, Jimmy Kemsky even said as much on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kyler Murray gets up. Now he's hearing in his headset, clock it, clock it, clock it. He goes up to the line of scrimmage. They're gathering. The ball gets placed short of the first down marker. Then he clocks the ball. Now it's fourth and one. And now you are left with, okay, I guess we're kicking a field goal. Let's bring out a guy who is two for eight from beyond 40 yards this year. So what went wrong in that instance? Well, a lot went wrong. Kyler Murray sliding before the first down, not making sure he got every blade of grass on a play that influential. Could I? Error number one. One second. Error number two. 
Cliff Kingsbury once realizing that ball is short of the first down, not having a play in his back pocket. Quick wide receiver out. If he's open, boom, out of bounds. Regroup, figure out what to do next. If he's covered, sail it over his head. Then kick the field goal. You're no worse for wear. They had nothing. They had nothing other than to say, uh-oh, the clock's going. We, don't, we, we, can't, we can't change here. This is too much for me to process, too much for me to handle. Tick-tock, tick-tock, kick the field goal. And then they threw out a guy who apparently was very, very mechanically flawed. So there was a breakdown from Kyler Murray. There was a breakdown from Cliff Kingsbury. And there was a breakdown from Steve Kime for signing the wrong kicker. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But there's even more than that. I mean, on the play where Kyler Murray slid, yeah, the path that he took, he needs to get the first down, obviously. And that gives you the option then to clock the ball and gives you options to run a couple more plays to at least get closer to the end zone. He didn't do that. But if you mm-hmm. watch the replay, Kyler Murray being as quick and sudden as he is as a runner had every opportunity to not only get the first down, but also cut it outside and get out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have had to slide. Wouldn't have had to subject himself to any physical you know, punishment. Right. And would have stopped the clock in the process. But for whatever reason... Cut it back toward the middle or, and then slid. Or 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 you do the smarter thing, which is get as much ground as you can, w- making sure you get the first down, which at that point in time he thought he was going to get because he chose to slide when he did. Mm-hmm. Then clock it because then you get the additional yardage. If you bounce it outside and get out of bounds, it, it, well, I guess it's the same thing, but you're not maximizing the play. So, listen, there. I think there was a, situ- a lack of situational awareness on Kyler Murray's part. I think there was um, clearly more late game, high leverage play calling snafus. As one caller to the postgame show said, and I think he was right of the money about this, it was almost as if Kyler or Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray clocked the ball, then called the quarterback sneak, and then decided, okay, we'll see what we get out of this, and then we'll just we'll make a decision. And then once you did it, clocked it again, yeah. and it it was not it was not the kind of end game displays you see from winning teams in the NFL. Winning teams in the NFL, you see how great they are in those moments when every play, June, 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 June. Yes, and, and you're. You're right about Cliff not being able to react on the fly because he says, okay, we thought it was first down, but then they spot the ball a couple yards back. And he said, there was 22 seconds right. left. It's not like there was two seconds left no. and they had to, right. you know, they had time, you know, they could take like two or three or four or five seconds and set up a player or call a player, do something, adjust on the fly. Well, yeah. that's where the, the clock management got really sloppy too on the play before Kyler Murray, his, his scramble. They they get the ball to uh, Marquise Brown for eight yards. That play ends with 47 seconds left on the clock. They get to the line of scrimmage and let 10 seconds expire before they clock the ball. That I mean, they clocked it first on, on the second down play. Okay. Or actually the first down play. And then he runs the draw. And then they clock it again. Mm-hmm. If you are calling a quarterback draw in that situation at that point of the field, and you've got no timeouts left... As the head coach slash play caller, you've got to have something exactly, ready to go. Exactly, because have what, to. Yeah, because what if he would have gotten stopped three yards from the line of scrimmage on that on that quarterback scramble? You're certainly not clocking it there no. and leaving your guy with a 50 yard field goal. But so that's the thing the the thing of not being ahead of the ahead of the game. 
That's this is a recurring thing. He's not good at this. I've said this before, I, and, and uh, you know you can you can make an argument now. This sort of thing screams for the Cardinals to bring in fr- somebody from the outside to to troubleshoot what is going wrong, to to take a look at the operations and figure out how to fix this stuff. Yeah, one of the, the the reasons why people are applauding the New York Giants, Brian Dayball is a great offensive mind, good offensive play caller. He's like, I'm the head coach. I'm not calling plays. He handed it off to a guy who's yeah. calling plays now, and they're having great success with it. Yeah, I don't know uh, if it, if four years in, this is the time to do it. Everybody seems so damn stubborn about this whole subject. Yeah, you're right. Well, it, the, the response is always, well, if you're going to hire an offensive guru and not let him play call, be your play caller, what are you doing? My point is, he's not that good at play calling. And we're four years into it already. He's get, not. Get over he's the not fact an that you playmaker. Yeah, get Play over caller. the fact of why you hired him. It's four years into it. Adjust. Yeah. And the re- the really weird part of it though is if I would have told you, with a minute forty five to go, starting from your own twenty five yard line with zero timeouts, that Kyler Murray was going to get the Cardinals in position for a forty three yard field goal, you'd probably sign up for it to tie the game. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But until, until until I saw the data that that homie was two of eight <laughs> from beyond forty indoors in perfect conditions. Perfect conditions. Whoa! And yeah. the way Did somebody that, opened the back gate of State Farm Stadium. Don't, don't call him like. homie. Yeah, call him home slice because he puts the slice <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He puts the slice in home slice. I'm very That's curious. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. No apologies. That's the life of a kicker in the NFL. Yes. Sorry. And we'll get into that a little bit, too. No apologies. Uh, Just announced Dead & Company will be heading to Auction Pavilion on May 23rd for their last tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by visiting ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, very curious to hear what our callers have to say on that whole endgame situation and the overall performance in another loss by the Cardinals. Uh, Big red phones are open. 602-260-9870. Your phone call's next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM.